Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice, fantasy picks to click and flick, the latest NFL news, and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is November 30th. Yes, we're at the end of November. It's week 13 of the 2021 NFL uh, season. My name is Michael Nazarak, and I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found online at ffmastermind.com. And with me once again, my very good friend and very experienced fantasy player, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Pretty well, sir, pretty well. I had a rough week in my fantasy leagues, but uh, other than that, I can't complain. Doing a lot of preparations. My daughter's getting married this weekend, so that's it's been a little bit of uh, time. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> I hope she has a good day. I'm sure she will. Well, I... Uh, like like yourself, I, I didn't uh, didn't have a good uh, week either. Uh, you know, it is what it is. You, you take it, you know, what happens. But the bottom line is that uh, you and I uh, looks like hopefully we'll make the playoffs in Fanex. We've got a two-game lead with two to play, so we could just win one game. Although uh, another league I was in, I was having had that had that uh, for three weeks trying to win one game, couldn't get it done. But you know, still in the playoffs, so uh, you know we'll, we'll, we'll muddle on through here. Uh, we still got. I can't believe there's more than a month left after this week. We still got five weeks. That's what happens when they extend the season a week. We're going to be uh, doing a show at the end of December. Uh, but anyway, right now let's get right to the big injury news and notes. And uh, boy, uh, CMC owners out there, you have my uh, sympathies. I am one of them. I own him in a dynasty league. I own him in uh, in a non PPR league. We got six games out of him this week, uh, this season instead of three. But it's no. Uh, it's no, no, no. Uh, the word it just escapes me now. Uh, the bottom line is that he rolled his ankle. They did an MRI on it. Uh, it's it's a multi-week injury. Obviously, they put him on IR. It's the second time they put him on IR. It means he's gone for the season. Um, so fantasy impact, uh, uh, Chris. I know that you got Chuba Hubbard over there, but they also got Amir Abdullah as the pass catching back. Um, if, if you're a CMC owner, what do you try to do? Well, um, I know we we saw what happens with Chuba Hubbard in the in the in the lead back role, and it frankly, wasn't very impressive. I mean, that was with a pretty favorable schedule during much of that time. Now you look at coming out of the break, they've got Atlanta, which is a great matchup, and then they've got like Tampa. Uh, I'm going to say they've got Buffalo, Tampa, New Orleans, Tampa the rest of the year. So it's like four of, of games against the toughest run team in the league. So I don't think Chuba Hubbard's really going to be much of what you might hope. Um, if you're in a PPR, like you mentioned, Amir Abdullah, we saw Abdullah get all the pass-catching work and play all the two-minute stuff. These are games they should probably trail in. Um, Abdullah might be an interesting pickup from a, in a PPR perspective as a potential flex, um, but I just don't have a lot of confidence in that rushing offense. He also has to compete with Cam Newton, which he didn't have to when he was running the ball before. So this this is not a good situation for fantasy, and this may really, really cut into the overall effectiveness of, of everyone on that team. And 
I'm kind of interested in taking a flyer on Amir Abdullah, like I said, as, as a flex guy, maybe depending on matchup. Okay, well, uh, unfortunately, uh, CMC wasn't the only stud to get hurt. Uh, Dalvin Cook went down again and was the second, third, fourth time that he's uh, separated that shoulder. Uh, Torres labrum, the, uh, we found out also that he was playing through another tear in the other labrum. Uh, well, he's expected to miss two-plus games. Uh, obviously, Alexander Madison is a replacement there, but I heard a report saying that they expect that they're going to lean more on Kirk Cousins in the passing game moving forward. So if you've got Madison, is he automatic uh, play every week? Uh, and what if you don't have Madison? Uh, what do you do if you're a cook owner? <laughs> well, you better hope there's somebody available on the waiver wire. I've seen some guys that were dropped in recent weeks that have some good potential, like Jamal Williams. I mean, some people might have, you know, in, in smaller leagues, they might have let guys like, by the word to Lair go and Kareem Hunt, they may not realize he's back. If you get lucky, you get something like that. But basically, you're never going to replace a Dalvin Cook. Uh, Madison is going to be a good replacement. Though. The next couple of weeks, he's got Detroit and Pittsburgh, really good opportunities. He's going to get all the carries. He's active in the passing game like Dalvin Cook is. Uh, then they got Chicago, the Rams, the Packers after that. I mean, he's got some really good matchups. So as long as Cook is out, Madison is going to be a low-end RB1, I would say, at worst. And depending on matchups like this week against Detroit, could be a higher-end RB1. Yeah, I tell you, there's uh, thinking back to all these studs going down, you've got the, like, the top five running backs in the league uh, uh, injured for, for long periods of time. Like we said, CMC only played six games. Alvin Kamara has been out for three-plus games. We don't know if he's going to come back. He's only limited in practice this week. Uh, Derrick Henry's gone until at the very end of the season, if that may be the playoffs. Uh, and then, of course, uh, we lose Dalvin Cook for the second time here. So I guess if you were drafting at the end of the first round and took a flyer on Jonathan Taylor or Austin Eckler, you're looking pretty good. And I know some of my opponents have both Eckler and Taylor, and uh, they're, they're, they're laughing all the way to the bank right now. Uh, but uh, there, there's another injury situation. Of course, uh, Zeke Elliott's been uh, pretty good all season, but he's kind of battling a knee injury. And there was talk that the Dallas Cowboys would give him a week off because they play this Thursday against the Saints. But uh, he's been fully practicing, and Jerry Jones said, hey, it looks like uh, he's going to see a serious load. And I'm like, why? Because you got Tony Pollard there, and Pollard's look even fresher than Zeke. But they're going to both play them, uh, it looks like. It, they practiced both on Tuesday, uh, Zeke did. Uh, so if you've got Zeke and or Pollard, I mean, do you just stick with Zeke? Uh, or if you got both, do you just uh, play Zeke and not Pollard, or you play them both? What's, what, what's, what, what's your take? That's, that's tough this week because now, not only do you have this injury thing hanging over their head, it's a short week. They play Thursday night, and they're playing against one of the best run defenses in the league. So it's, it's, you're going to have to make a decision pretty quickly. Now, he has practiced all week in full. And like you said, Jerry Jones said he's going to get a full load. We're going to lean on him. And Zeke said he's not been told he's sitting out. But if you look behind the scenes, you know, Zeke also said, but if they told me they wanted me to, I'd listen. And Jerry Jones also said that Amari Cooper was going to be fine, but now today it looks like he might not play. So you got to take what Jerry Jones says with a grain of salt. By a grain of salt, I mean enough to line your margarita glass if you need some drinking to put up with what he's saying. So uh, I, I, I'm a little nervous about Zeke this week. I like Pollard if, he's going, if they're going to actually openly say Zeke is going to be limited. But if they're going to actually start Zeke and actually try to ride him hard uh, against a tough run defense, it's one of those cases where I think they're going to lean on the passing game this week, so I would kind of stay away from both of them maybe this week and then look against the good matchups coming up for the next four or five weeks against a lot of divisional opponents for them to really go back to Zeke uh, pretty hard. 
Yeah, I tell you, last week uh, in one of my leagues, I had both of them, and my number three was actually really almost my number one, and Cordero Patterson has been sitting out because of uh, ankle injury. Uh, so uh, the bottom line is that it was a turkey day, and I said, oh, I'm going to play them both because they both had, you know, they, they were both, both, both playing the Raiders and got 34 points out of uh, uh, total. Out of uh, they basically got the same amount of uh, 17 points. It worked out well. And then Cordero Patterson played, and he scored twice on the weekend. And I blew up and uh, and won in order to get to to the the playoffs of the Football Guys Players Championship here that I'm in uh, as a three seed. I, I finished nine and three. And unfortunately, there was a team that was tied with me, had more points, and then there was another team that was ten and two that took the one seed. But uh, you know, I'm still in it. I've got a pretty good team. We'll see what happens there. But yeah, this is managing all these injuries, and and whether you got an early game or a late game you know i mean it's 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 very tough uh, one more injury, major injury to talk about debo samuel's been mr everything number two uh even more points than tyreek hill just behind cooper cup well uh, significantly behind cooper cup but debo samuel uh injured his groin uh he's expected to miss one or two weeks and others talk about uh juan jennings who scored last week maybe taking over the number two role there over trent Sherfield. Uh, because uh, Brandon Ayuike, uh is going to be the number one wide receiver there. So what do you do if you own uh, Debo Samuel? Is Jennings worth a look, or do you look somewhere else? What do you do, Chris? Uh, he's worth a look. I mean, I, I don't know if this is going to be a high enough octane passing offense to, to really worry about who the number two is uh, if he's not a guy as talented as, as Ayuk was as the number two there. Ayuk, I think, value is, is solid. He's virtually an every-week starter now until Samuel comes out. I think Kittle's uh, stock probably goes back up, although we had kind of a stinker last week. Um, so I, I think those two guys are going to carry the load in the passing game, and, and they're going to continue to lean on the run very heavily, as, as Shanahan prefers to do in any circumstance. I haven't looked at their schedule very closely to see what's coming up, but uh, I would not get too excited about Jennings. He probably will be the number two, but, uh, you know, they've got some decent matchups coming up. they got Atlanta. They've got Tennessee coming up in the playoffs. they got Seattle, you know, this week. So, They've got some good matchups for the past, but I, I'd be hesitant to, to assume that Jennings, even if he's the number two, is going to be fantasy predictably worthy uh, for the short term. Yeah, they're playing at Seattle this week, and next week they're playing at Cincinnati. Uh, and that's the, an up-and-down defense, too, and you can run on them. Uh, so uh, I'm like you. Uh, and I was one of those Kittle owners last week after three glorious weeks, gets one catch. And it killed me, you know, and it, what do you do? There's nothing you can do. But I think that Kittle is going to see more than two targets this week without Debo Samuel to take away everything. And it was, what's interesting is that Debo Samuel hasn't been seeing many targets. He's been seeing all these touches out of the backfield, running in rounds and, uh, and runs and, and scoring long, uh, long plays that way. So he's getting it done uh, both on the ground as well as in the air. And so it's a, it's, it's a significant loss for the 49ers for the next week or two, but hopefully that'll boost the value of Ayuk and, uh, and Kittle, and we'll go from there. Anyway, let's get right to the uh, injury list here real, uh, quickly. Uh, Kyler Murray with the ankle, uh, has, of course, had the bye week. Uh, the team is hopeful that he'll play. We'll see if he practices later this week, and then he should play. I have a feeling he's going to play this week. He was close two weeks ago. Uh, Jalen Hurts with the ankle kind of rolled it. Uh, we'll see if he can practice this week and play. Uh, Justin Fields uh, with the ribs in Chicago, uh, status isn't certain there. Uh, obviously, he's going to play if he can. Uh, otherwise, it'll be Andy Dalton. Uh, we're still waiting on Alvin Kamara, you know, Two, two limited practices Monday and Tuesday. Uh, if you're listening to this Thursday or Friday, you're, you already know <laughs> what happened. Uh, I, I'd probably give it a 50-50 chance that he plays. It depends on if he's uh, he can uh, upgrade to a full practice tomorrow or not, and we'll see. Mark Ingram, of course, uh, missed the game too, and it just was terrible timing because Tony Jones couldn't do anything against the Buffalo Bills. Todd Montgomery caught 
four, four or five short passes there. But it looks like at least Mark Ingram's going to be able to play because he's been practicing fully on both on Monday and Tuesday with his knee swelling issue, and at least there's an option there for fantasy owners. Uh, C.D. Lamb, it looks like he's coming back from the concussion, so at least Dak gets one of his big targets back. And like you said, Amari Cooper been coughing now. At first they said, oh, he's going to come back, and now you know he's been coughing, not been practicing very much. Uh, you know, and and uh, we'll, we'll see you know if he, what he does tomorrow if he can play this week. Uh, still wishing uh, upon a star on Antonio Brown. Uh, he's on my team there, the, the Kittle team and such. Uh, you know, they say there's a good chance he'll be able to play this week. We'll see. He's got to get back on the practice field and do something to show that. Otherwise, no Antonio Brown. Uh, Allen Robinson with a hamstring. This is a horrible year. Not really his fault, but, you know, we'll see if he can practice and play uh, and gain some kind of momentum moving forward. Corey Davis was groin and the Jets was, was going to play, then he, then he couldn't, and then he didn't. <laughs> so we'll see if he can play this week. But really, Elijah Moore is taking over there. Uh, Sterling Shepard and Kadarius Tony both have quad injuries for the Giants. Didn't play last week. We'll see if they can return and play this week. And Darren Waller, the big injury, the the IB, uh, IB uh, band, I, I, uh, was it IT band uh, injury or something? It's, it's a, a very a unique injury on a knee. Uh, shouldn't miss too much time, but he may miss this week. We'll see if he can practice later this week. And, of course, Dan Arnold took over for James Shaughnessy when they traded for him. He uh, blew up his knee or whatnot, uh, expected to miss four to six weeks. They put him on IR. That's basically the rest of the season. So James O'Shaughnessy is out there for you guys with a tight end problem. And we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President and CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's expert league Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim. Redrafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP, they cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, well, I want to remind everyone, please check out our site, ffmastermind.com. Lots of good free stuff on there, including our daily NFL Quick Bits page. It's been updated every single day since 1996. Yes, we never sleep here, even through the off season. Of course, we're still pumping out the free eye in the sky scanner reports from our scouts, including those from Chris Rita that cover the Colts. Our weekly in-season fantasy newsletter, mid-season sale, uh, we're probably going to be uh, prorating that even further soon. But for this week, it's still 14.95. You can check out the market uh, for free. Uh, that's the meat and potatoes uh, for week four and week ten to show that uh, we kind of know what we're doing a little bit. We've been doing it for 26 years. And as well as uh, week four's inside slant uh, for everyone to view. Uh, I'll also want to remind everybody uh, that is a subscriber, I really appreciate you guys uh, subscribing and, and allowing me to do this for a living. It's my passion, 26 years. Uh, we just, uh, with, the, with the Black Friday, uh, our annual uh, renewal period has begun. Rock bottom discount prizes you can renew for under $40. The, pat, the total Super Bowl package retails for $60 during the summer. So if you lock in now, you get a chance to win a free T-shirt. Uh, you uh, uh, really show appreciation to us for all the hard work we do. Um, I'm going to be to 30 years married in two weeks 
And so Mrs. Mastermind is uh, saying she wants something special for her 30th anniversary. So I appreciate everybody <laughs> renewing it early as they can. Yeah, there, there you go. I'm not going to resort to begging. I just appreciate it. So just give the consideration there. But uh, the deadline for the, early, the rock bottom period is always the day after Super Bowl. So you got plenty of time to think about it. The deadline for the T-shirt is the end of the year. And anyway, uh, back to this. Uh, we, we still uh, we obviously uh, check out the website and follow, please follow me on Twitter, at FF Mastermind. All right, uh, picks to click and flick for the coming week. Give me a couple quarterbacks you like and why, Chris. Well, I'm tempted to take the bye week against the Titans' pass defense, but that would be rude, so I'm not going to do that. Uh, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'm going to start with Taysom Hill. you got to have a little bit of guts to do this, the playoff spot maybe on the line, but he's at least a great DFS. He's been practicing all week as a starter, and his only four games as a starter last year, he averaged 25 points per game while throwing four TDs and running four TDs in. I mean, Trevor Simeon's been a top-10 fantasy guy as a starter, despite not playing any generous defenses and not really looking that great. Um, and when you look at the Cowboys, they've been an opportunistic defense, but they have a lot of ton of passing and points to quarterbacks, allowing the fourth most passing yards per game and four rushing touchdowns already to quarterbacks. You should have a high floor and a high ceiling in what could be a potential shootout on Thursday night. And then I like Matt Ryan this week. He's been really good versus the Buccaneers in his career with 11 games over 300 yards in his last 20 in this matchup and five in his last seven. He's has an average of over 300 yards and two TDs per game over the last 20 games. So that's a significant uh, statistical uh, sample there. He's been even better at home with five games over 300 yards in the last six tries against Tampa. Now, he's on a little bit of a stinker fantasy streak recently. That's true. But the need for high volume in this one and a beatable buck secondary should allow him to have a solid game and have a good bounce back effort. Okay, a couple of uh, quarterbacks I like this week. Uh, Derek Carr, I think he's going to produce well against Washington in their uh, their sucky de- de- uh, secondary. <laughs> uh, Russell Wilson's been really been struggling through a couple touchdowns on uh, Monday night there. I think uh, Carr throws three-plus. And then, of course, we go back to Tommy Boy, Tom Brady. He's playing the Falcons again earlier this year. Five touchdown passes. You said that uh, Ryan should do well against the Bucks, and that'll keep the Bucks and Brady throwing the ball uh, a lot in this game. And I think it's going to be another 30-plus point effort for Tom Brady in this game. A couple guys I'm concerned about this week, Mac Jones, who's probably going to win rookie or at least quarterback rookie of the year. Uh, you know, it, he's really handling uh, his position well as a starter in, in New England. Unfortunately, he plays Buffalo in Buffalo on Monday night, and I think he's going to struggle in this game. It, it could be a low-scoring game from him, uh, so I would not uh, take that chance. Um, and also, uh, Big Ben. Uh, the Ravens are really playing uh, well uh, defensively right now. Uh, Big Ben uh, has got no mobility there. He's playing through some injuries. He's had a little bit more success in the recent games and all, but, uh, you know, the, the Ravens uh, just put the clamps down on uh, Baker Mayfield there. And, uh, you know, I think Big Ben's about the same there. So uh, I wouldn't expect more than maybe one touchdown pass from Big Ben in this game, so I'd look elsewhere for more fantasy production. All right, uh, how about uh, you, Chris, a couple of uh, quarterbacks you're not crazy about and why? I don't like Jalen Hurts. I mean, he's had five straight passing games under 180 yards, and he's averaging under 150 yards per game for his last eight starts. This is who he is right now. His only real fantasy value as a scorer is with his legs, and he's also, as you mentioned earlier, nursing a sore ankle, which could really limit him this week. Uh, even with his yards, he's had five games without a rushing score in his last six. So with the bye week coming up in week 14, I look for him to be real conservative, hand off a lot against a very weak, weak Jets run defense to keep him safe and post another very low total. 
and I don't like Taylor Heineke. Um, I know while Washington has beaten some very good teams recently, and technically he's on the edge of being a QB1 since their bye week in the last three weeks, he's really not been that much for fantasy. Five games under 18 in the last seven, and only one game with multiple touchdowns in the last eight weeks. So on a short week, traveling across the country and with a resurgent running game, facing a weak run defense, I suspect his volume, again, is going to be very low and his floor and ceiling also very low. So I would look elsewhere for a low-cost DFS or bi-week fill-in. Okay. What about uh, running backs, a couple of that you like this week? There's a lot of running back twos or deeper guys that have good matchups this week. So I'm just going to highlight a few that are kind of uh, probably on your bench or on the waiver wire. I'll start with Jamal Williams. With Swift banged up and likely to sit, this looks like a game in which Jamal Williams might dominate the backfield touches. And the Vikes have definitely shown themselves to be susceptible to, to the run in recent weeks and to the running back in the passing game. Swift and Williams themselves combined for 31 PPR points in week five against the Vikings, and they've been in decline defensively since then. So if Williams gets 75% or more of the load instead of under 50%, he should produce solid RB2 numbers at least with some definite upside in any scoring system. And then a sneakier one here is Matt Breida. Um, since coming back from injury in week 10, Breida has led all Buffalo running backs in rushing yards, receiving yards, receptions, snaps, red zone touches, and TDs, and is averaging 14 PPR points per game in three weeks. You know, like every category. Uh, Zach Moss was even a healthy scratch last week as Breida started. Um, he's the type of running back that does give New England trouble, as they have been gouged by speedier backup running backs during their win streak as well. And for whatever it's worth, Breida's best game in the last two years was against New England last December with 86 yards rushing. Um, Pats have allowed the most running back receptions and passing stats so far as well. So I think he's a must add off the waiver wire in most leagues he's available. And he looks to be taking over the backfield in a high octane offense. So this is a good waiver wire guy as well as uh, the guy for this week. Yeah, that uh, that long run by Dontrell Hilliard against the Patriots was shocking last week, so I see your point there. A couple of guys I like uh, this week, Antonio Gibson. Uh, you know, he's been, been playing well. Now, of course, he didn't get the touchdowns on Monday night. J.D. McKissick did, but uh, McKissick uh, got hit in the head there, so I don't know. He might be in concussion protocol. Uh, we'll know here in another day or two. Obviously, if you're listening later in the week, you'll know. Uh, there's a good chance then that, uh, that McKissick doesn't play, and, uh, of course, Gibson won't uh, dominate all the touches completely with Jared Patterson there, but but uh, Gibson probably see more targets and more carries too. So uh, and they're playing the Raiders, so what's not to like there? Elijah Mitchell for the 49ers. I think they're playing well. They're playing the Seahawks, like you said, uh, that you can run on the Seahawks. Uh, obviously, uh, they, you know they scored. The Washington scored on them. I think Mitchell's going to score on the Seahawks this week. So uh, you know, start them uh, with uh, confidence. A couple of guys I'm worried about this week. Um, uh, these are kind of obvious, but, you know, Mike Davis, Atlanta, wow, uh, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the, the run game's not going to go anywhere. It's going through Cordell Patterson. Probably more uh, pass uh, catches to Patterson this week because of who they're playing Tampa. So I, I put him as an auto flick. And in case you guys uh, were living in a cave, like uh, <laughs> Chris said, Zach Moss was inactive last week. He's got no role in that offense right now. Matt Bright is the guy, and uh, Singletary's uh, getting all the other play there. So uh, sit Moss this week, unless something changes later in the week. Um, okay, uh, Chris, what about you? A couple of running backs you're not crazy about, and why? Yeah, a couple of guys that you're probably starting anyway. I'm going to start with Alvin Kamara. Um, it does remain to be seen if he's even going to play this week, although he's trending that way. But you've got to be cautious of a guy coming back from a long absence, especially against a defense that's been pretty good against the fantasy running back, like the Cowboys, who have only allowed seven touchdowns to the running back all season. To me, a big factor is that the 10 games he played last year with another quarterback, Kamara averaged 32 points per game at seven and a half receptions. 
but he averaged 14 points per game and two and a half receptions in the four games that Taysom Hill started. He's, there's just a lot of red flags abounding this week for me for Alvin. And then I don't like Daryl Henderson this week. Um, the Jags have allowed the third fewest fantasy points to running backs over the last five weeks, although some of that's due to weak opponents. Um, but their defensive front is solid, and most teams that posted good numbers on the ground have been due to game script-related high volume and interior pounding of the rock late in games. While the Rams could have the late-game volume here, the quad injury to Henderson probably limits his contribution to that kind of volume and grinding out the clock. So I suspect Tony Michel is going to get the action more so and relegate Henderson to being a touchdown-dependent play if he's even active on Sunday with his quad injury. I think it's quad injury, right, uh, in, the, in yep. this pretty winnable game, even without Henderson's effort. Okay. Uh, how about a couple wide receivers you like and why? guy you mentioned earlier, I like Brandon Ayuk. Um, he's quietly been a wide receiver, too, for the last month, even with Debo going off like he has. But the run game is exploding and Kittle returning to lineup. Um, he's on a bit of a hot streak. He's going to be asked to carry a bigger load in the passing game with Debo out. And this week he faces an opponent that Debo lit up in week four. Uh, PR games over 20 in his last four games, and he's averaging over 15 points per game in the stretch. He also had his best game as a rookie last year in Seattle, also with Debo out of the lineup. So the venue does not intimidate him or Jimmy G. So I'd like Brandon Ayuk to have a, a big game this week. And I kind of like Michael Gallup this week. Uh, with Zeke hurting, a short week, and a staunch run defense, I do expect the passing game to be in full go mode. And like you mentioned earlier, this afternoon it was revealed that Amari Cooper is no lock to play on Thursday as he's still feeling ill from COVID. So Gallup looks to be the main beneficiary of this absence. He's had 18 targets the last two games with Cooper out and should still be in play even as a mismatch number three in what's going to be a high-volume passing game, I think, on Thursday night. He's averaged seven and a half targets per game in his four games played, even with Cooper and Lamb active in two of those. Okay, a couple of wide receivers I like this week. OBJ, uh, new life there as a Ram. Last week, 10, uh, 10 targets, uh, five catches, and a long score. I think he's going to score again uh, against the Jaguars, who just uh, have a very beatable secondary there. I think the Rams get well finally this week. I think all the Ram wide receivers are going to do well, but if you've got OBJ, stick him in your lineup. And then, of course, this is my early week guess. Yes, if Antonio Brown plays, he will score against the Falcons. Tom Brady can't wait to throw to him. If he's got that speed, he's just going to rip right through that secondary like he did earlier this year uh, and, uh, you know, uh, get him get him in your lineup if he plays. We'll see. Uh, a couple of guys I'm concerned about this week, Jacoby Myers. Well, the Bills are just going to limit him uh, probably to like three for 35. Uh, you could do much better looking elsewhere there. And I'm concerned about Elijah Moore and the Jets. Uh, Corey Davis is still ding there. The Eagles are going to clamp down on the rookie. Uh, Zach Wilson is at least trying to get him the ball. He led the, uh, the team in targets last week but didn't do much with him. Uh, I'd just be kind of cautious there. If you got to start them, start them, but don't expect much there. How about you, Chris? A couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about and why? Uh, Stephon Diggs is a caution play for me. So I think you stay away from his cost in DFS, but I think you obviously still start him in regular leagues with slightly lower expectations. Like I mentioned earlier, I think Breida uh, is going to be able to run on New England a little bit, and Singletary is kind of in the same mode. And I think they're going to let Buffalo try to run rather than let them pass on him. So uh, in any case, the Pats have allowed the fewest wide receiver receptions in the NFL so far this year. Now, as we always say, Belichick takes away your best weapon, and that is definitely Diggs in the passing game. And I'm pretty darn sure Belichick remembers Diggs going off for nine catches for a buck 45 and three scores and a blowout in Foxborough to end their playoff hopes uh, in December of last year. So I'm sure he's not going to let that happen again, and Diggs is going to get a lot of attention from a pretty good secondary. And then I don't like T. Higgins this week. Coming off his best game as a pro, I think Higgins is just due for a regression back to a medium wide receiver three. Uh, the Chargers have allowed a league 
second lowest totals in all statistical categories to receivers because they generally get run on and abused by tight ends instead. So uh, when wide receivers have done damage, it's always been the alpha dogs and the secondary wide receivers have been totally shut down. So uh, for what it's worth, he's played one game against uh, the Chargers before. It was his pro debut last year, completely shut out, not even a target. So uh, another curious stat I came across, he's had 20 PPR games only four times in his career as a pro three times a bit against Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. So he apparently hates Pennsylvania. So I don't think this is going to be another one where he goes off. <laughs> wow. That's an interesting staff for sure. All right. How about tight ends? Give me a couple that you like. Uh, I like Evan Ingram this week uh, with most of the giants receiving course still banged up and a game against the weak pass defense. Looks like another good week to consider Ingram a viable streaming option in PPR. He's still high in the pecking order overall and in the red zone. And I think Freddie Kitchens taking over the play calling should increase the use of the tight end gradually for the rest of this year. Um, you have to worry about Daniel Jones potentially not playing, though, because of the, uh, the neck injury. And I love Logan Thomas this week. He, uh, he had six targets in limited play after a long absence and was targeted on the first scripted play. And he also had a touchdown call back on review. So he was almost a TE1 right out of the gate despite all these caveats. So this week he faces a Raiders team that's allowed eight touchdowns in the last eight games to tight ends and among the most points to the position all season. I think he's a solid tight end one this week. Um, I think you really there's not a lot of roster guys on bye this week at this position, so there's not a real need for bye week filling, so we didn't have to go real deep this time. Okay. Uh, here's a couple of streaming tight end options that I think are going to do well this week. Uh, C.J. Uzuma. Uh, the Chargers do really struggle against a tight end. Now, he's probably only going to get two to four targets, but uh, one of them could be a score, so uh, consider him uh, for that option. As well as Jack Doyle coming off his best game of the year. Uh, the Texans also have issues defending the tight end, so I know they're going to run a lot in this game, but I think Jack's going to get his and uh, could be a score there, so uh, you know, consider him. A couple of guys I'm concerned about this week, uh, Cole Komet for Chicago, uh, losing targets to Jimmy Graham, a score last week in the red zone. The Cardinals have also allowed only one tight end score in 20. 2021, so uh, beware there. And Gerald Everett, I know he's also coming off a good game with a score with the 49ers actually defend the tight end very well. So uh, I would expect that he's going to produce less this week. Just be careful there. How about uh, you, Chris, a couple of uh, tight ends you're not crazy about? I don't like Hunter Henry. He's had four single-digit PPR duds in the last five weeks, despite scoring three touchdowns in that span. That's kind of amazing. Uh, Henry has not dominated targets or receptions or snaps or red zone touches when both he and Johnny Smith have been in the lineup. He just scored a few more TDs, so he looks like he's dominant. He remains a solid scoring-heavy system option, but in PPR he is extremely touchdown dependent. For facing a team that has allowed very little to the position, he does not look like a matchup to help him break out this week. And a caution play for TJ Hawkinson. Uh, He's been one of the best PPR tight ends this year, but he is volume-dependent for scoring as he has not produced big yardage or scores as often as the other top guys. And Minnesota simply does not allow that sort of volume to the position, allowed the third fewest receptions and only one touchdown so far this year. They also held Hawkinson to under 10 PPR points combined in the last two games that these teams have played. Okay, and remember, people, the Vikings, the, yep, that's the team that limited George Kittle to one catch on two targets last week. Kittle spent most of the game blocking for that big running uh, offense for the 49ers. All right, uh, it's time for your one-hit wonders at kicker and defense. Hit me with them, Chris. Love Mike Badgley, uh, for the money badger for the, uh, the Colts. He's quietly been a top-ten kicker since joining Indy, perfect in seven games, kicking indoors in December. you got to like that. And then I like Jake Elliott. Uh, even with a one-point total last week, He's the third overall point-per-game guy the last five weeks, and he's facing the Jets, who are number two in kicker points allowed. So it's a great matchup there. 
couple of defenses I like. I like the Chiefs coming off the bye against Denver. Andy Reid teams are lethal coming out of a bye and at home. And this defense really started to gel against some good offenses before their bye. So I think they're going to have some good success against Denver. And I kind of like Pittsburgh this week against Baltimore, uh, at home against Baltimore. It's a slumping and injured Steelers team, but they've averaged 13 points per game against Baltimore in the last four games they've met. And they scored three defensive touchdowns against them. Plus, Baltimore has been the most generous team, amazingly, to fantasy defenses so far, and they've struggled to score. So I think this is a low-scoring game, and Pittsburgh's defense could get a little healthier. Okay, uh, before we uh, get on to the end of the show here, I've got a question here for Chris, uh, <laughs> and some of you might have own these defenses too. Uh, Miami, of uh, course, coming up that big game against Cam Newton. Just uh, you know, actually, they had it took him completely out of the game, and he was benched. They, of course, host the Giants now because there's no Daniel Jones because of that next reign. So Mike Glennon is the guy there. Or Philadelphia going against the Jets and Zach Wilson. Which defense would you start, Chris? Um, I, I have, the weather could be an issue in both those places. I would kind of take my chances on on Philadelphia. They've been a little bit better than Miami, although they've both been hot recently. And the Jets have been a little bit worse than the Giants. Um, and Wilson has just been a turnover machine. So I would kind of lean that way if I had to make a guess off the top of my head, but I'd have to look a little more closely into who might be in or out on each of those teams. They're both good plays. I think they're both good plays, but I, I might lean toward Philadelphia. Okay, that's that's my choice <laughs> in my football guys uh, league uh, this week. So, yeah, it's a, it's a tough choice. I think I'm going to rank them right next to each other. Anyway, we want to thank everyone for joining us. For Chris Rito, this is Michael Nazarek. We'll see you all next week when we preview week 14. Oh, my gosh, 14. And there's 18, so that's still five more weeks after this week, people. The season's just barely more than halfway over. All right, everybody, have a good night, and good luck to everyone playing this week. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazarak, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.